Welcome to season two of the Craft Beer Connoisseurs podcast. I'm Brett. If you're new to the podcast, we are three friends and a producer who like to showcase craft breweries and their beers. Also, we like to end every episode with a short conversation on a variety of different topics. If you're not new to the podcast, well, welcome back. We will keep things similar to season one. After all, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. Whether you're new or returning, please feel free to listen to all of our season one content. And remember to follow us on Instagram at Craft Beer Cons, send a friend request on Untapped, or subscribe on YouTube at Craft Beer Connoisseurs. Also, drop a comment, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Now, for today's episode. Welcome to Craft Beer Connoisseurs. I'm Brett. I'm Chris. And I'm Tyler. And along with us today is producer Parker. Peter Parker? No, just Parker. Just Parker. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So in today's episode, we're going to be reviewing Spearhead Brewing, which is in Canada's original capital, Kingston, Ontario. Very nice. So research. Yes. Not bad. So we got two beers on uh, today, like we usually do. We've got their first one is going to be a flagship, which is the Hawaiian Pale Ale. Mm, I like that. I like the sounds of that. And the second one we're going to be having is their newest version of Lighter Lager. And to finish up the episode in honor of Tyler getting married, as this is his la- the last main episode before he ties a knot, we talk about our Presumably. favorite... Presumably. Yeah, yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, still TBD. But uh, we will talk about our favorite Tyler stories and life moments. That's going to be a very short segment. And we're back. Spearhead is located at 675 Development Drive in Kingston. Are they finishing the development anytime soon? <laughs> I know what you tell me. <laughs> it's a never-ending development. Yeah. And the brewery opened its bricks-and-mortar location, location in 2018. But prior to that, they started out in the contract process, connecting the recipes with established breweries, one of them being the Hawaiian-style pale that we're going to have in a little bit. Mm. And that was made through Cool Brew uh, before getting their own definitive location. And Tom Schmidt was the man behind it all at the time. Yeah, so a little bit of history here. So in 2013, Josh Hader, who is Ooh, now the... It sounds uh, like Josh Hader. Yeah. Not the hard of throwing yeah. lefty. Not the pitcher yeah. for the Brewers. Heater, not Hader. Okay. Uh, now the president of Spearhead ordered a Spearhead beer from... Say what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Which yeah. is one of the original craft beer bars in Ontario. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so then uh, he was given the na- He gave the company a call saying that they should be uh, pulling that product. Um, he's created a craft beer blog called beersnob.ca along with working in IT before joining as an investor in Spearhead. So Spearhead was kind of at a crossroads. The beer was selling well in LCBO, the contract beer, uh, and with licensees. However, their contracting partner made a really, really bad batch to the point where the LCBO pulled it due to a lack of good product. Wow. Yeah. That's not good. No, it's not. You don't want that to ever happen, you, you right? You definitely don't want that. So within this, the real estate search inti- intensified and widened from Toronto to the GTA and um, even ventured kind of to Lake Huron, wow. surprisingly enough. They were looking for anywhere. Yeah. Yep. you got to go somewhere, right? <laughs> you yeah. do. The investment team um, then met, sorry, then met. Met. Yes. Yeah, okay. English. <laughs> Tough one. Uh, in, in Kingston. Um, yeah, we're actually, you know, we're one of the, the members actually ran a business and, uh, we're discussing their lack of options in that area. So the investor then took a call during their meeting from, uh, one of the tenants in actually one of the large industrial facilities stating that they were vacating the space and bada bing, bada boom, the rest is history. As they say. Under mm-hmm. development, 
back to development, right? <laughs> it's just that simple. They're in a drive to developing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So today, Tom is still behind it as the brewmaster. He kind of retired and then unretired uh, as he's able to work with his son, Jacob, who is also the head brewer at Spearhead. Nice. Um, and a couple of partnerships <laughs> that uh, Spearhead is involved with in, in terms of a few of their staple beers. Uh, somebody heard of the Sam Roberts Band? I have. I have, yes. 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 Uh, so they make a refreshing amber. I'm not a huge fan of the band per se, but I like the, the collaboration. Uh, Queen of Wheat. So they joined forces with Ronana Way, I hope I'm saying that correctly, uh, and the Canadian Center for Gender and Sexual Diversity, where proceeds of the sales are donated to them. Nice. And Morena is now actually the first drag queen to be pictured on a can sold at the LCBO. Hey. In terms of that, yes. In terms of that beer, it was actually a uh, seasonal beer, and now it is actually a full-time beer. Nice. Well, we we will say also that... Uh, in addition to the two beers that Spearhead sent us to, uh, for today's episode, they actually threw in a couple more, one of which being say the what? Queen of Wheat. Yeah, say what? <laughs> uh, so w- we do have the Queen of Wheat, uh, which we will certainly drink offline. Yes. I love that. Yeah. And another uh, partnership that they have, before we move on, uh, the Decoy Lager. So they are in partnership with Ducks Unlimited Canada, where for every six-pack, $1 is donated to the Wildlife Habitat Conservation. Nice. nice. I do have a, um, I don't know, a key memory back, going back into my head here, where I, I went to a um, conservation area, which was funded by Ducks Unlimited. And I don't know why, but that memory is stuck in my head. So and you were drinking a decoy lager? Or? I wasn't. I was. No. I was really young. I remember okay. having. A, I remember having. He was a, under the legal drinking age. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a sandwich there, though. I do recall. Oh, that's nice. What yeah. type of sandwich? I, I don't. It's so strange. Ham, turkey. This is just a very. It's stuck in my head. It's great. Um, so on <laughs> on tap, there's 56 different beers actually created by Spearhead, with over 54,000 check-ins. That's actually a lot of check-ins yes. for them. Yeah. So let's kind of go through this a little bit. Um, Brad, how many have you had? Uh, I've had six, and this is a very uh, unique conundrum here. My highest rating of a Spearhead beer is a four for the beer called Four. Really? <laughs> yes, that is four. Correct. Not the golf four, just the number four. I, feel like, I, IPA. I feel like you did that on purpose. You're like, oh, uh, 100%. Uh, this, this is a 3.5, but I'm going to give it a four because oh, it's called four. No, you, go back and look at, you go back and look at it. Oh, that doesn't prove anything. Yeah. <laughs> I round this up. The producer, Parker, um, four as well. Highest was the New England IPA at 3.75. Um, Chris and myself, again, another goose egg. I was going to say, it seems to be a continuous theme here. You know what? That's okay, because we fared well with Brock Street. I hope we do the same here with Spearhead. Yeah, so so one of the things contributing to Spearhead's, you know, 54,000 check-ins, which I would say is uh, quite a bit, is they're, you know, they're quite available in most LCBOs, beer stores, and you know, sprinkled amongst the grocery stores throughout the province. Um, so the Hawaiian Pale Ale, which we are having on the episode, is available um, in the LCBOs, beer stores, and grocery stores. Uh, same with the Queen of Wheat, uh, which just hit, which just hit the LCBO shelves. The Summer Ale and the Lighter Lager, again, which we're going to be having. Um, so definitely go on their website, use their beer locator. And you can find the Spearhead beer near you. Yes, yeah. of course. And the newest release as of the recording date that they graciously sent over as well was the Green Tea and Cherry Blossom Saison. Well, that sounds yes. really yeah. interesting. You so, know, they, they really spoiled us here with, yes, uh, they did. with, with the beers that they yes, sent they, us. Some Queen of Wheat, some Cherry Blossom Saison, and also sent us some non-alcoholic sparkling hop water. Oh, yeah. Called Aqua. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we, we've got three extra cans uh, of beverages from them, which is, which is awesome. Very nice. So now the, the tap room offers a full selection of beers. Um, we've not been. We've not taken the tour. Yeah, to yeah right? n- none of us have been to the tap room, right? But no. if we did go, we would see the full selection of beers, the spirits as well. Um, so if you're kind of not feeling that beer vibe, um, you have somebody with you that can't have beer. This or, is an opportunity. Or the aqua, if you don't want anything yeah. alcoholic. Sure, yeah. that and that's a good call as well. Yeah. Just in case somebody is DDing, gotta yeah. be uh, safe out there. Um, they also have some local food offerings, but you can also order something in if you choose. So if you have a favorite restaurant in the area, by all means, you can go yeah. ahead and order that. Order some in. McDonald's. Bring it in to Spearhead. Some people have different tastes in favorite restaurants, but we now know Brett's. Um, also, <laughs> a full list of events that they've got, including uh, Industry Night and Open Mic Night, um, which if... Get Brett away from that. I was just going to say that if we're coming, maybe not, uh, maybe not have an Open Mic Night. Well, the good news night. is uh, I can't sing, and the only musical instrument I can play is a triangle. That's good. So, you know what? think we'll stay away from that uh but if you are going to be in the tap room you're not going to see me doing open mic night but you can be there between the hours of 12 and 7 sunday to tuesday and wednesday to sunday from 12 till 10 now if you want to get delivery and you're in the kingston area then it's free 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 free, free. um but for those who are outside of the kingston area it is shipped with ics courier which it was right to my door uh within seven days and, and it didn't make it within that seven days? Oh, yeah. It was like two days. Very yeah, nice. Chris actually timed it. He t- started a stopwatch. There you go. <laughs> it came around. It's called tracking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, we're going to link their information on our social media. And I feel as though we are on track to maybe have the first beer. Yes, we are. Okay, right, let's, let's do, do it. it. A uh, big props and thank you to Jackson at Spearhead for recording the beer for today's episode. Thank Thanks you. Jackson. Appreciate that. Yes. And the first beer we're having is the Hawaiian Pale Ale. Oh, yeah. 6% and 60 IBUs. Nice. All right. We haven't well, seen a beer listed with IBUs in a while, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. So this is described as a bold, hoppy West Coast pale ale brewed Hawaiian style. Now, what is Hawaiian style, you ask? Please tell me. With pineapple. Oh, I was going to say mm. they brewed it with floral t-shirts. Oh, maybe. Maybe with a, what's it called, a lay on uh, top yes. of the can? Yeah, yeah. staying away from it. Uh, it is naturally carbonated, unfiltered, and dry hop to provide a delicate, complex flavor and bouquet. That's Hawaiian style. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Unfiltered and dry hopped. Um, all right. So this will have hints, apparently, of caramel, honey, and biscuit. But then also with notes. We got a little hint. We got a little note. Mm. The notes are going to be a fresh citrus, zest, and pine for a refreshingly tropical finish. I feel as though Hawaiian, you probably expect nothing less than a tropical finish. You know what? I love pineapple. I do like pineapple also quite a bit. So I'm hoping to see the pineapple in this. Yes. And I agree. I would be upset if it wasn't tropical and it's Hawaiian. Uh, So on Untapped, as always, you can follow us at Craft Beer Connoisseurs and on on our Instagram at Craft Beer Cons. So this beer has 11,980 check-ins, which is a lot. Uh, with a Way more than a lot of the beers we had in previous Yeah, episodes. Th- this is one of the higher ones for in a while that we've had with a 3.48 rating. 
So we are drinking this one out of the can. Uh, there's been 5,600 check-ins in the can with about a 3.47 rating. And draft, there's been 813. Nice. A little higher than the average, which is uh, 3.61 for the draft. Now, uh, 232 five out of fives for this beer. So we've kind of talked about this on uh, pre- uh, previous uh, producer specials as well, but um, again, our preference of how we like our beer served. Um, so it's not uh, too far-fetched to see the draft have a higher rating than the can. It is It is not surprising. Yeah. So speaking of said cans, let's grab our can. Let's grab our glass. Everybody's ready? Yep. And let's open her up. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, I love that sound. <laughs> uh, all right. So this is a pale ale. So we are drinking it out of a pint glass. And if you have a Hawaiian pint glass, that's even better. Uh, or a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, there you go. So make Why sure to use your Hawaiian proper shirt. I have a pineapple shirt. I got a couple that would just look great with his beer. Yeah, actually, yeah, you do. So one thing to kind of note, um, I know we'll get into the can art in a bit here, but I do want to kind of take notice here because uh, producer Parker did bring it up earlier um, with a, a picture, was that the can has actually changed art style. So in 2008... Has it, really? Yeah, so in 2018, it had more of a, um, I don't know, a, a, a contrasting, if you will, uh, color scheme with it. So it was very, again, kind of basic. Um, yeah. But it, the can art has changed, and I don't know what the reasoning is for that, nor do I really care, because I really <laughs> care about what's in the glass. And speaking of in the glass, Chris, what do we got in the glass? Well, it definitely smells pretty tropical. I am getting uh, some citrus notes, some some pineapple, yeah, like we talked pineapple. about. Um, so definitely smells as advertised. Yep. And I, again, I kind of got that almost just going to bring the can up to the glass. Oh, I see what you're doing there, Brett. Yeah. Well, kind of pretty comparable, right? There you go. Kind of yeah. like that burnt orange color, if you will. Nice. Copper, maybe. Co- copper, yeah. burnt orange, yes. Um, so, yeah, just kind of. Yeah, the can matches, though. It's there. Um, the head on it, very light, staying on top. Um, smells. I'm getting the citrus as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, it tastes similar to that. Do you guys want to get into it a little bit? Yeah, I feel like I we do. should, right? Yeah. We could spend all day talking about it, but we got to actually drink it in order to talk more right. about it. Well, I'm going to get into it. I'm thirsty. Right. Let's do that. A lot of bitterness on the back end. Mm. Yeah, this this did, we, we got the IBUs on this one. It, came, it was uh, 60, 60, right? Yep. Yeah, so I, it definitely feels like 60. Mm-hmm. Um, and not as much uh, pineapple or citrus flavor as... I was expecting based on the nose. Okay. I, I am getting the pineapple. Yeah. I, I am picking up on, on the pineapple a little bit. Um, definitely hoppy. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it is, it's a, it's a smooth beer. Um, I am interested to see the lacing on this one. Um, just because the kind of style that it is, I feel like I am getting a little bit as, as I kind of progress a little bit through it, but I think a couple more sips here, I might have a bit more of a, a gauge on where we're at with mm-hmm. it, but I am getting more of that, uh, uh, pineapple kind of flavor to it. I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just uh, maybe that's just me, bro. Are you picking up anything like that, Parker? Yeah, what do you get, got? I'm getting pineapple. Um, you know, bitterness as well. Hoppy. Um, it's kind of a very um, tale of two story beer, if you will. It's got kind of the pineapple on the front end, and then that back end just hits you with that bitterness. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, and they said it was a West Coast-style pale ale, um, which certainly fits the bill. Maybe not as West Coast as Hawaii, uh, you know, on that mainland uh, West Coast. But, yeah, it certainly tastes like a West Coast pale ale. So they nailed it with that, and mm-hmm. with that, as you would expect, higher bitterness, um, which, like you said, is really coming through. This is, this is taking me to um, a pig roast. You know, like just like a, a true, authentic pig roast that you would have, and 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 again with ham, you get a lot of that pineapple kind of uh, flavor profile. Ham and pineapple go great. And together. so yeah. I, I'm smelling this, I'm tasting it now, and, and the, that's what I'm kind of getting is like a very authentic kind of pig roast on like a beach, um, very Hawaiian style. Uh, yeah, a little bit of a luau, right? And now just for the just for the listeners yeah. out there, uh, Tyler has taken us to both a conservation area and a pig roast so far, in terms of. Memories of his own. That's true. Well, I, I wasn't talking about a memory. I haven't been to Hawaii and I, for pig roast. Conservation area, pig roast. Just, just his, his ideas, yes, yeah. of locations. Yes, yeah. but we didn't get any uh, food pairings with these beers, but I think for sure to, yeah. ham would go well with this. Yeah, yeah. That is for sure. Yeah, cottage roll. Cottage roll. You ever have a cottage roll? No. Like bread? No, a no, cottage roll. I don't know what a cottage, cottage, cottage roll is. Now I've been to the cottage. Cottage roll is, is ham. Um, it's it's usually ham you would see, and they usually string it up. Okay. I'll show you it later. All right. All right, top five flavor profiles. Chris, why don't you do this one? Yeah, first one is hoppy. Um, I agree. Agreed. It's, it's yep. hoppy. Yeah, sure. um, uh, Parker's coming in saying bitter uh, as maybe number one. Uh, it's like a 1A, 1B for me. Yeah, sure. I, yeah, I'll go I, with I agree. Uh, number two is pineapple. Now, it sounds like you guys are getting more pineapple than I am. Like, I'm struggling to pick out that pineapple, oh. to be honest. All right. Um, Fair enough. But number three is smooth. You mentioned this earlier, Tyler. I, I, I do think this is pretty smooth beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four is sweet. Getting oh, sweetness from this? some sweetness oh. to it at, at the very, very beginning of it. Um, but again, it's kind of it's still overpowered by the bitterness at the end. Yeah, I'm not really picking up a whole lot of sweet. I think there could be a couple other options there. Yeah, I don't think it's sweet. Uh, and then the fifth one is light. Um, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't I call this beer light. No. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting more, um, again, not a flavor profile, but we've seen it here before, is, is mouthfeel. Um, I don't know okay. if you guys are getting kind of like a mouthfeel with it. Um, mm. But not I am. necessarily, but yeah. I, I see your point. Sure. And speaking of other people's points, untapped. Uh, so, Chris, uh, you have the first one. Yes, I do. So, the first one comes from Owen T. Uh, Hop Rider OT on April 8th said, The opposite of smooth. Very bitter, yet still light tasting somewhat. Tough to describe, but not my favorite. And Owen gave it a 2.75 out of 5. Now, I will say one thing I agree with Owen about is tough to describe like this beer is kind of nothing is really other than the hoppiness and bitterness is is really standing out to me so it is pretty tough for me to describe this one yeah fair enough now we might have a contrasting point with ron f handle is ron team fraser um on march 22nd stayed the following deep golden color which we can confirm mm-hmm. uh pineapple aroma and sweet pineapple with bitter citrus taste with mouth-watering finish Refreshing, not bad. The rating was 3.75 out of 5. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm going to get this ball all rolling. I should have went with a luau. Darn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, I'm going to give this beer a 3.75. 
All right, I'm going to be lower. I'm going to come in with a 3.0. Okay. Uh, for me, it is a uh, 3.25. Uh, and just to mention the can, uh, I know kind of said earlier that it's burnt orange, but producer is really wanting me to, you know, nail home the can here. Um, so just, it kind of does mention to you that it's made with pride and passion throughout Kingston. Mm. And it kind of gives you, again, the description of said beer. And it has, uh, I believe that would be what, a uh, teak, uh, tiki? Tiki, tiki, good job. Yeah, oh, see? there you go. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in terms of the producer, Parker, uh, who originally had this beer, August 24th, 2019. Very at, specific. Yes, at Very the Stratford Beer Festival. At the time, he gave it a 3.5. Now, he is not going to give it a 3.5. I feel as though maybe he'd like it to try it off a tap or a keg, um, but right now he's going to give it a 3.25. All right. So with that being said, our overall score is going to be 3.3125. Now, what we're going to do with that is we're going to drop that down to 3.25 for our overall score. Yes, we are. And we're also going to luau onto beer number two. All right. The second beer today is the lighter lager. In comparison to the... The light lager. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so this one comes in at 4.0 ABV with 10 IBUs. Nice. So this beer is known as the beer that won't interfere. Mm, that rhymes. Yeah, it does. Way, way to go. This beer is light on alcohol and color, but not on taste, which is good. That is good. Yes. Which is good. I like taste. So it's crushable, crisp, and refreshing. So this would be... Perhaps maybe you're kind of like go to just, you know what, I want to have a couple and, and, and feel okay at the end of the day. Yeah. And the uh, aroma and taste will exhibit multi-sweetness with a clean, fast finish on the palate. Uh, this beer has 1,281 check-ins at the time of recording with an average rating of 3.40 out of 5. 21 people have rated it a 5 out of 5. Hmm. And when it comes to check-ins, uh, 1,000, uh, just over 1,000. Uh, have been checked in via can with a rating of 3.45. Nice. All right, so we're going to grab this can again. This can looks a little different than the uh, the previous can. So they did do a kind of like a, a remarketing shuffle. Nice. Yes. So thanks to uh, Producer Parker for coming in with some of that uh, information. Appreciate you. Okay, uh, grab your glass and grab your can and let's open her up. Uh, you'll see here that uh, Chris is looking like it's a Where's Waldo here for his glass. <laughs> Couldn't find my glass for a second there, and it was right in front of my face. Like yeah. when you have Knows your glasses glass on top to of your head. Just can't find his glassware. Exactly. So speaking of glassware, we are drinking out of a pint glass today, so make sure to use your proper glassware. Nice. All right. So first things we're going to notice is using our eyeballs, uh, we see a very light color. Um Kind of that honeyish golden color. Yep. Nothing over the top with no, it. Nothing a de- extravagant. De- decent head on it. Again, just depending on how you pour it. Knowing that it is a lager, we want to kind of pour it a little bit. You can get a little aggressive with it. Totally. Yes, correct. And you get a bit of a head on it. Work there. up that head and let it dissipate. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks uh, looks decent. When you guys get anything on the nose, anything else you want to add in uh, terms of what it, uh, what it looks like here? Uh, the scent kind of like... Almost seems like it's a little bit sweet. Yeah, it does. Um, I'll, I'll mention just a little bit on the um, 
uh, on the look uh, before we get into that a bit more. Uh, a little bit more kind of opaque than you would expect from like your normal lager. For sure. Just I'm, a tiny bit. I'm getting a lot of earthy, earthiness yeah. to it. Earthy, yeah. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Earthy, bready. Yeah, yeah. bready. Very lagerish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I think this is going to be your typical light lager. Yeah. Now, we have done the, um, with uh, with Brock Street not too long ago, actually, uh, there was a light lager there. And when we're looking at just, again, the color difference between the two, there's a, the light lager, which actually looks lighter than the lighter lager. That's true. Right? Yeah. yeah. It does. A lot of lights and loggers going on here. And, and yeah. that one was actually, if I'm remembering correctly, the can said 3.6%, yes. and right. this right. is 4 So yeah. this is actually less light than, than the, the light logger. Than the light logger. The lighter logger is less light than the light logger. Whew. Yeah. Oh, it, boy, that's, can we drink this beer? If yeah. you're still keeping track at home, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, follow well, the dots, yeah. right? Good Lord. Just drink the damn thing. Let's try it. All right. It's got a nice finish to it. Nice, crisp, clean finish. I'm getting crisp as well. I'm getting very lager-ish. I don't know if it's a lighter lager. Like, I, you know what? Again, this might be a comparison thing between, like, their actual lager mm-hmm. and this being the lighter version of said lager, right? Mm-hmm. And, but not, sorry, yeah. but not having the lager... And the light logger beside each other, if it does so exist, it's hard to tell, right? It is. It is difficult to tell what kind of uh, differentiates between the two. Yeah. Well, I will say that they said in the description that it doesn't lack flavor, and I would it's agree. True. Like I, I think this packs the same amount of flavor as you would expect from a non-light logger. Yes. <laughs> No? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, no, I agree. I'm just, sometimes I like to sit back and, and see if Brett's going to drive a little bit of the conversation. You know, I don't want to be that kind of like over, overbearing kind of guy. And then the odd time, I just sit back and relax, wait for Tyler to talk, because that's what he likes to do best. There it is. So, I no, I do agree with you. I think um, I'm getting some of those, um, I wouldn't, I don't want to say bready, but like cereal, again, kind of like flavor to it, uh, very lager-ish. Um, I appreciate the crispness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, very, like, very flavor, like, forward. Yeah. But um, which I, is so nice. I feel like we've been having a lot of loggers on the podcast lately. Like, we had the London uh, Co op logger, uh, we had the Brock Organic Street logger, yep. and then this logger. The London Co op one was more of that breadiness. Um, I'm right. not getting as much mm-hmm. as I would have expected in this one, from especially from the smell. Uh, and then again, more flavor than probably the Brock Street uh, light lager that we had, uh, you know, on, on our last main episode. I think it's just providing a lot more of that malty sweetness, kind of described mm. in the description, right? Like, you're, you're but not just, overbearing. No, not yeah. not at all. So I think that's kind of going with what Chris is saying. Yep. Is it's kind of a, a middle of the road, bingo, between the ones that we've recently yeah. had. Yeah, yeah, I'd say I would agree with that. All right. Well, you know what, Brett? Why don't you do the top five flavor profiles? Let's do uh, number one, light. Not lighter, just light. <laughs> I don't think lighter's even enough. Yeah, it, it probably isn't. No, it it is it is a light lager. Um, it, again, in in terms of maybe like percentage where it sits, um, it's it's still kind of in that loggerish range. But I feel like this is again a comparable that we don't have the comparable to. Yeah, I I might like 
if I were checking this in on untapped on, you know, and any night, for example, I might leave out light in my top five because mm -hmm. I, I feel like there are other things that are more applicable than light. Um, so even though this is a lighter lager, it has, like we said, more flavor. Almost like you feel like light's kind of like a cop-out when it comes to a flare profile. Yeah, I, 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 I think this, maybe. Right? Yeah. Uh, myself and producer Parker are really in agreement on this uh, for number one being crisp. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Okay. Uh, number two. I also agree. Oh, okay. Yes. Thank you. Number two, clean. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 very clean. Um, I'd almost kind of like dovetail that with drinkability. And mm. I think that the drinkability, if I had to give this, uh, you know, a rating out of five for just drinkability alone, um, is 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 high. It's a mm -hmm. it's a very high drinkable um, light lager. Yeah, totally. Uh, Pretty Sparker and agrees. Clean being number two, uh, number three, sweet. I find there's some sweetness to it it's on the back end. <clears throat> yeah, there is some sweetness, so I, I I can't really argue too much with that. Hmm. Do you think that's coming then, kind of like more of like the maltiness of it. I, I think that's what it is. Like kind of from, like that. Yeah. It's a very subtle multi caramel kind of approach, which mm -hmm. might be that sweetness coming through. Yeah, yes. I, I think so. Oh my God. Thank you guys. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Number four, <laughs> grassy. Yeah. I, I, I'm not getting grassy no. at all. I, I would take away grassy. I, I, again, on the, on the nose, I was getting more of earthy tones. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting that so much in the flavor profile of it, Agreed. but again, it does, it does exist for me at least on the, on the smell portion of it. So again, we, we talk about how sometimes the smell of something can dictate what you what you taste. Mm -hmm. In this case, it, it kind of, it, it hits his why fork in the road and diverges and says, here's what you're smelling, but you you don't really taste that earthiness, which you can get that kind of grassy yep. in For some sure. of these beers, but not For in sure. this case. And then number five, floral. I'm not getting floral no. at all. I think Parker's yeah. kind of hitting this one. Yeah, I Is think that there's so many other choices that you could have chosen. Agreed. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to what you were saying too, with even light. Exactly. Is that you could have, you know, shifted crisp maybe into number one, and they came back with the number five of something that's more cereal, cereal bready, malty, sweet at that point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, spot on, Parker. Congratulations. Good job, Parker. Good job. John did good, kid. We'll, yeah. we'll have you back maybe for a producer special. If you're lucky. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, while Parker will come back, maybe what we need is some thoughts maybe for some other individuals on Untapped. Yes, Brett? and I had the first one. Uh, this one's from Andy J, and his handle is Mr. Tib. Ooh, on March, I like that. You're right. Yes. On March 10th, stated, a little bit of apple notes coming through. It's all right. 2.75 out of 5, and I did have it on tap at Beer Town in Toronto. Is anybody getting apple notes coming here? No. I'm not, and I wonder if maybe the apple notes are kind of connected to the floral notes. Mm -hmm. uh, just when you look at how apples are made. Um, and how they, they grow is it could be connected to the floral aspect, like, but definitely not getting the full apple. I can see apple. it like in like 2% of an aspect of this, like not a, anyway. Yeah, yeah nothing major yeah, nothing in terms major, of right? apple. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so the next one comes from Matt K, uh, Matt Foil 33 also on March 10th, uh, said a craft logger with no surprises, non-threatening. Uh, Matt also gave it a 2.75 out of 5. So, in terms of our ratings, um, 
you know, I hate to do this, but I think I'm going to kind of come in at like my token rating for a, a logger at 3.5. I'm, I'm going to like also do that and <laughs> be at 3.5. Yeah, you know what? I'm not one to break a trend. Um, so I'm going to continue with the trend. Um, I'm going to give it a 3.5, and producer Parker is going to give it a 3.5. Oh, Chris, do the math on that, please. You know, you know, oh, actually, man. Chris, before you do it, yeah. uh, can we let Brett do the math on this one? <laughs> oh. I feel like he's owed one. Okay. Let's see what it is. Would it be 3.5? Oh, boy. Oh, man. Ah. He did it. Oh, he did it. Congrats, Brett. And that concludes the review of Spearhead and the beers that they provided for today's episode. I don't think it's appropriate that I go ahead no, and talk I can about do this one. Yeah. So coming up, a discussion about Tyler's favorite subject. Tyler. So when coming up for a topic of uh, you know thematic discussion for this episode, I thought I'd want to keep it really short. So. I yeah, figured we should talk idea. about Tyler, right? Uh, but instead, uh, I will spearhead a discussion in terms of our favorite Tyler moments and our fondest memories of him. Now, obviously, Tyler's going to sit back, relax, and sip a little bit more of the lighter lager, while Chris and I fill time talking about our favorite oh, moments Parker. of Tyler. Oh, Parker. Oh, Parker. Parker's yeah, he's no- not going to talk about it. Oh. He doesn't have a voice. He just Parker. writes stuff down and we speak for him. Parker. But yes, he does have some. Episodes. Oh, Tyler, I thought you turned your mic off. Yeah. Yeah. What's this? All right. Well, that's been it uh, for today's episode. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Anyway, Chris, I'll let you, obviously, because you've known Tyler probably a little bit longer than I have. It <laughs> sucks to be you. Uh, <laughs> you know what? It's been a tough 13 years. 13 years? 14 years? I don't oh, know. now <laughs> you want my help. Now you want my help. <laughs> 2011. So it actually isn't. It's it's been no. It's been before no, 2011. No. Well, 2007. We 2007. first met. Yeah. yeah, but there's um, a story there, and I'm sure you'll tell it. Yeah, I I mean, so you know, 14, 15. Yeah. I I think you you know you've mentioned before, Tyler. I am your co best man at, at your wedding, so I don't want to necessarily like spoil my speech. That's fair. Right? Are we giving you, gotta, you one? You can't give it all. <laughs> you can't give it all away. I, I don't want to say everything, you know. But um, you know, some things you know that that really stick out when I think of Tyler are Subway. Um, <laughs> Tyler loves his subs. Hey, gotta eat fresh. <laughs> um, I remember, you know, every day in university, maybe not every day, a lot of days, Tyler would show up at my house with a sub and that was his one meal for the day. Um, still not sure how you survived with that sort of malnutrition. This is also a guy who wants to take a cooking class. <laughs> yeah. Right. He eats once a day. He's, a, he's a different man now. Let, let me tell you, sometimes eats one and a half times a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you don't go to Subway. For the sub. You go there for the person that's making the sub. <laughs> like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> it was your wife that was making me the subs, but she wasn't your wife at the time. No, she wasn't. Um, so there's there's that. Um, you know, a, a lot of definitely good memories in university. Um, you know, maybe some can't necessarily share here. Um, but uh, Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's for the best. Yes. Save those for the wedding. You know, I I guess the one thing that you know 
Tyler maybe doesn't get enough credit for is really being, uh, you know, a really good friend and being there for his friends. Uh, you know, I remember in university, he would always be, you know, you were the one with, with a car and you would always be offering to drive people around. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the one right <laughs> Tyler's taxi. <laughs> and it's just, you know, the little things like that. Yes. Heavy uh, on the little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, in terms of my uh, most fondest memory of Tyler, uh, it circles back to about 2000, I think it was 13, maybe, no, I was not dating my wife, so it would have been 2013, and we had just had a night out. <laughs> just making sure. Do you date your wife? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I meant. Anyway. 90 so, day fiance. Yeah. Back to, back she still, to his, his she still dislikes you for that love. comment, by the way. Anyway, um, so we had just gone out for a night out in Guelph, and then we had kind of carpooled together from Stratford. And Tyler at the time was living in St. Mary's, so we kind of went our we met at a parking lot in Stratford and went our separate ways because I lived in Mitchell at the time. And um, about five minutes later, I had a flat tire, so I you know did what I could and then gave Tyler Sager a call. Uh, so Tyler was kind enough, as you mentioned, you know, he's always uh, a person you can count on to do uh, uh, lots of things in terms of changing a flat tire. The best part about this whole thing is that he comes and helps, you know, me and we kind of figure out that I do not have the necessary requirements to change the flat tire. I also called my dad. Two at the hands same- in a brain. <laughs> <laughs> I, also, I also called my dad at the same time. So then my dad shows up and then my dad and myself we pretty much watched Tyler change a flat tire. It was great. Nice. I changed his flat tire in a white shirt. Just a yep. <laughs> yep. Like three degree weather. Yeah. So it's funny you say he that. He was not prepared for that. It's funny you say uh, that. Otherwise. Because I was actually driving to work back um, in the second week of April. And on my way to work, I saw an individual that was pulled off the side of the road who I actually worked with. And I drove by, I waved, and I was like, I'm pretty sure they got a flat tire. Right by the the Wildwood Bridge, and I, I turned around and uh, I, I went back and changed her tires as well. Wow, that was very nice. Of you. What a guy! Uh, also, another fun fact in terms of flat tires is um, speaking of weddings. <laughs> yeah, speaking of weddings. So the day before I got married, uh, I was uh, trying to drive around my uh, little niece at the time because she needed a nap, and I ended up getting a, a flat tire. So the moral of the story is: Who do you call when you have a flat tire? The guy who doesn't live in town. <laughs> the guy who doesn't live in town. <laughs> because I knew he could do it. Um, so he already, like, my, uh, uh, Tyler and uh, producer Parker kind of had a co-speech at my wedding. And um, it was not in the speech that we were going to mention about said flat tire the day before my wedding. But obviously he had to go on a little tangent to mention that I had another flat tire. The people, the needed, the people needed to know. They that. needed to know. Yeah. They, they needed to know. That it was a thing. So just so you know, if anybody has a flat tire out there, I know a guy. There you go. I know a guy. There you go. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Chris. Well, I was just going to touch on Parker. So Parker said he likes how he, uh, his good his memories of Tyler, his first over-the-fence home run, I believe only? Only. Yeah. Well, just, yeah. So you know, Chris, only. Just, just so you know, Chris, if you hit two home runs... You're going to have more than what Tyler has in <laughs> career. Now, that's outside of the park. I've hit many inside. Correct. Because now, he is the fastest guy on the team. I, I don't Was. think I could hit a over-the-fence home run, so there you eh, go. I'm pretty sure you could. No, I'm pretty sure I couldn't. Um, 
your your first baseball cleats. Uh, do you have a story there with that? Yeah, so I didn't play ball in Seymourville for well for a while there. Obviously, I, I played in Stratford, and um, producer Parker's dad uh, saw me play and was like, "Yeah." Tyler needs baseball cleats. I never had baseball cleats. I just played in running shoes, and mm. I, 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 that's kind of a testament to why I think I learned how to play baseball a little bit differently and, and kind of better, like focus on your hands. You're not playing with the best equipment. And uh, producer Parker, God bless his, his, his dad's soul, came over and uh, went to a garage sale and picked up these Converse cleats and dropped them off. Like was just like, don't worry about paying me for them. It's going to be like better for Tyler. He's, he's a good ball player, but he'll be a better ball player for this. And I was like, that, like that, that's amazing. Like that, you don't get that that often from people nice. to kind of go out of their way and, and like really care about somebody that they hardly even really knew, but, you know, understood their passion for the sport. And so like that, again, um, isn't kudos to me that that's kudos to producer Parker's dad. And, and like, I think a lot of people owe that individual a, a lot. So, and, nice. and speaking of a passion that you have for the sport, um, do you remember the time that you used a pump in left field after a huge rainstorm to make sure we could play baseball that night? Yeah, see, this is the thing. Okay, I wasn't really working a lot. Okay, in the summer times from university. Right. I yeah. do the odd job here and there, but I, I don't know. It, it meant a lot to me that everybody could play the game. So usually we would play after a, a younger team would play. But in order for them to play, we had to like pump out a bunch of water that'd be sitting in left field. So we'd take a pump, shop vac, whatever it is, and and do that. And I mean, I'd be out there at two o'clock, three o'clock after heavy rain and, and do that. But like, again, it's not about me. It, it wasn't about that. It was about the fact that like we wanted to play. And the only way to do that was to clear the water, right? Also, granted, he had more flexibility because he wasn't working at the time. 100%. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, you know, one thing that you're really great at, Tyler, is... Providing fireside entertainment, um, yes, <laughs> aka dancing in the fire. The thing is, is fire's <laughs> not going to hurt you. You know, I mean, it actually is. No, but. no. If you move, I feel, I feel as though you like hula hooped a couple times around a fire going back it? to the Hawaii. If you've ever been to any of these Hawaiian luau's that I've been to, up here, <laughs> <laughs> you can get yourself in and out of a fire, no problem. No problem. The only thing that doesn't, you know, win out of a fire is somebody's lawn chair from the grandmother. Oh yeah, yeah. We covered that on a previous episode. Yes. So one thing I I wanted to 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 cover before we go is uh, we mentioned on the podcast before that you and I went to uh, went to spring training to see the Blue Jays in uh, I think it was 2013, uh, and as part of that we drove to Detroit and then took our flight to uh, to Tampa from Detroit. And yep. part of, part of that obviously is crossing the border uh, in Windsor, and. Uh, yep. <laughs> You know, I, I remember the conversation that we had with the uh, the the very nice uh, bo- border guard, border guard uh, in the United States there. I do as well. And we were talking about um, baseball because yeah. we were saying, he's saying, where are you going? We're, we were telling him where we're big going. Big Detroit Tigers fan yeah, he was. Big Tigers fan. And I remember you dropped um, an F-bomb and the word bomb mm-hmm. um, to him as you were crossing the border in reference to uh, Prince Fielder's home run that he hit like the night before. Yeah. Uh, and he was just totally cool with it. He was um, so happy. So that, that was a pretty good experience uh, because I don't know many people who would 
be as brave as you to to say that to a border crossing guard. This is very true. Yeah. <laughs> For a person who has a filter, he sure as hell doesn't have any filter. Yeah. <laughs> Do I get an opportunity to speak about my favorite thing about Tyler? Yeah. Yes. What's your favorite thing? My favorite thing about Tyler, let me tell you, is the commitment that his friends make to him and the relationships that he's built with individuals. I think more often than not, we don't kind of do this kind of introspective kind of review of ourselves and realize that the person that we are isn't made possible without the people around us. So uh, my favorite thing about myself is the individuals around me. So I appreciate this, guys. I, I hope my fiance still makes it through this wedding. Uh, <laughs> Let's be hoping. But we'll drink to that. <laughs> exactly. Either way, we're probably having beers. Yeah. Cheers to you. Yes, cheers to you. Cheers to you guys. All right. That's enough about me, and that's enough of this episode. So thank you, everybody. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Keep on listening every other Thursday as Craft Beer Connoisseurs releases a new episode and on our off Thursdays for a producer special. And make sure to tell your friends, family, and your favorite person that you met at a Hawaiian luau. Jeez Louise. So from all of us and producer Parker, I'm Tyler. I'm Brett. And I'm Chris. And together we're the craft beer connoisseurs.